0: It's finally here, Notre Dame week is upon us. This show though, (laughs) is called the Monday after, not the Monday before. So we're here inside the horseshoe, the 40 year vet Tim May, Andy Backstrom by my side, uh, to talk the Monday after Ohio State 63, Western Kentucky 10. But really, let's not fool anyone, fellas. It's the Monday before Ohio State, Notre Dame. Tim, uh, you rewatched Ohio State, Western Kentucky, the bloodbath that was in the horseshoe on Saturday. Uh, What did you learn on the rewatch?
1: I learned exactly what I watched uh, live, is that last eight minutes, I know I keep harping up, that last eight minutes of the second quarter was as good as an eight minutes as you've ever seen from Ohio State football, from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. It's almost like the defense got scored on and said, no more of this, (laughs) you know what I mean? And because uh, you were thinking, okay, this Western Kentucky, they've got their act going. Uh, they throw the ball better than anybody, or as well, if not better than anybody in the country, they've got a, something going here, and Ohio State shut them down. And then offensively, name whatever play you want to see in a football game. You saw it in those last eight minutes from Ohio State. Two quick t- scores, one over the top, passing score to Marvin Harrison Jr., one through the gut, uh, Chip trainum going, taking it to the house. And then a couple of drives, including a almost clinical uh, two-minute drill uh, where Cal McCord took him to a touchdown. Um, that's what I saw. That's exactly the tonic, the shot in the arm, I think, that this, the, the high State football team needed uh, going into this
2: week what I saw on tape that I didn't necessarily see watching the game live was just how well the defensive line played and the defensive ends in particular. Yeah. Watching it back like I knew that JT to him all well had more pressure than the first 2 weeks, but Jack Sawyer had the best game of anyone on that defensive yeah. line. He had 7 pressures, which is a single game career high for him. His previous high was 5 against Penn State last year. And watching it back, like I think it's because Austin Reed in Western Kentucky gets the ball out so quickly that we're following the ball and where it's going and where the play is going. But after the throw, you see how many hits he laid on Austin Reed. You see how much pressure was generated, how much disruption, and quite frankly, Austin Reed was just playing really well in that first quarter. He was making a lot of off-structure throws, was just making things happen yeah. for the Hilltoppers. And I think eventually kind of ran out of luck with some of those unconventional plays that he was making. But both Jack Sawyer and J.T. Tuimola, I think, took a big step, especially considering how quickly they were getting the ball. I still think they could be faster off the ball at times, but I think that was progress for these defensive ends that we were pretty critical of last week.
0: I'll stick on the defensive side for my big takeaway is like if you needed a primer for Sam Hartman and Notre Dame's passing attack, you got one because you played against the air raid, and Ohio State fared pretty well in the secondary. I thought the secondary was really impressive. Denzel Burke. I mean, if that guy's not a first-team All-American at this juncture in the season, I don't know who is. He's playing ridiculously well. Uh, I thought Jordan Hancock had his best game of his career so far. Um, And, okay, you want to talk about defensive line and, oh, it's just Western Kentucky? That's fine. Like, I'll I'll concede that point. You want to talk about offensive line? Oh, it's just Western Kentucky. But there's certainly things to be learned about a secondary against the Air Raid and against an Air Raid team that might win its conference and— the secondary looked really good. Exactly. So I'm I'm stock up on the secondary still uh, on the rewatch.
1: I don't think Notre Dame has a player on his wide receiver roster as good as Malachi Corley. I mean Eight, 88
0: well touchdown though. That,
1: I'm just saying I, I yeah. don't I don't think I mean this was a good primer in a lot of ways. I mean uh, Notre Dame has some nice receivers. They don't have a take the top off the defense type that that I've noticed so far for example. Uh that's what I I've been impressed by the first three games of this season is how this Ohio State defense, they haven't given up that big play. They've given up some big gains, but they haven't given up that big, huge play for a touchdown. And uh, that bodes well for them going into this primetime match because, uh, I I don't know, I just, I like the way this defense is going to match up against Notre Dame's offense run now by a brand-new starting quarterback in Sam Hartman, who happens to be, one of the more experienced quarterbacks in the country but for them brand new he definitely has breathed life into them but i like where this defense is i almost said at because i don't like to hang it with a preposition there but i like where this defensive defense is from a from a for one of another term uh 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 a uh swagger standpoint going into this game because i think they have reason to feel good about themselves.
0: Folks, we call them the 40-year vet for a reason. It's four
1: thousand words in my head and I'm trying to get one of them.
0: No, 40 years of writing experience tells you not to end things with a preposition. The fans at home may not, some of them may not know that, but but Tim May certainly does. And that's something we can hang our hat on. Andy, uh, you bring up defense offensively though. Um, Slow start. Uh, after the first touchdown, Ohio State now 3-for-3. Three three. Opening drive touchdowns, that's important uh, to get off on the right foot. Even against Indiana, when it looked bad. They got off on the right foot. Then the fumble, and then all of a sudden, it's uh, game over because Ohio State's offense just kind of took over.
2: Yeah, Slow start, but also fast start. I mean, one thing I realized on the rewatch, we saw this live too, but the tempo they came out with, right? Yeah. And I think now it's just two straight games. They've won the coin toss. They've won it all three games, but the first time they defer. Last two games, they taking taken the ball. It seems like, you know, as much as they talked about the clock, there's a way to negate that discussion. And it's just to play fast, score yeah. fast. And I think we saw that on that first drive. You take the ball, you go out and up tempo. And again, these quick passes to Marvin Harrison Jr. to start drives is something they've been doing the last couple of weeks, which I think is great for Kyle Ford, I think it's great for Marvin Harrison Jr. I and mean, when it's great for those two guys, it's going to be great for the offense. I think that's been helping things get going, whereas at Indiana, there was chunks of that game where Marvin Harrison Jr. was not targeted, or he just, quite frankly, was absent from the offensive game plan. Yeah, for
1: you. some reason, yeah, which still isn't clear. I mean, even Saturday, though. But what I, what I like about it was, I mean, that, that little post he you know, he had on Saturday for the, uh, for the big touchdown over the top that really got that, that uh, second quarter, what do you, whatever you want to call it, uh, landslide going. Uh, dude that's been there the mm-hmm. the first two weeks i mean i mean i'm you know we saw the play down the sideline against uh, youngstown state but I, I think they can pick and choose and depending on the defense they can get him open against almost anything and uh, yeah. to me i i've been a little bit perplexed cuz i don't think defensively the first three teams worked as hard as maybe um, is being purported to take him out of the game you no. know and uh uh, but Ohio State definitely wants other people online involved. Think about all the guys that touched the ball on Saturday. It was crazy. Well, and uh, from a receiver standpoint and from a running back standpoint.
0: Six of McCord's seven or six, seven, seven pass attempts in the first quarter for Kyle McCord went to four different players yeah. in, in, through the air. Uh, I think teams know, Tim, this is the best thing about this roster. And I think that that that's not a, a bold statement to make is the weapons make it so you can't double-team Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the best wide receiver prospect in years when it comes to the NFL draft. Any other team in the country, you would double-team him and take it away and make the other guys beat you. You simply cannot let Omeka Abuka beat you. You can't let Julian Fleming beat you. Teams are learning that now, they're going to be letting Cade Stover beat them, and he's more than willing to do it. But here's the big thing: like, well, he was
1: he was huge in that game on Saturday.
0: But what, what we haven't seen from this Again. team, I think, in two years now, is since Michigan let go of Don Brown, we haven't seen the Ohio State take the mesh playbook and drop it into a game plan. And on Saturday, they were like, okay, well, if you're going to give us mesh, we're going to take mesh. Yeah. And Marvin Harrison Jr. ran the drag route, the drag route that we haven't seen in a couple years from Ohio State. Uh, Emeka Buka got open on the the just stopper out there yeah, because they back. were i think they right. were expecting him to cross the field and cross yeah. the safety's space yeah. like that's back apparently i don't know uh the motion stuff the orbit motion i think you'll see more of that as well yeah, as the it puts about those, that on film think like, about
1: those plays is it takes a little bit of a little while for those to develop so you got to get decent protection too but no you're exactly right Egbuka would be this would be the prime wide receiver on almost every other Big Ten team. Maybe no, i every, every, every. And so that's what Ohio State's got going for it, and they're working it. I mean, that's what stands out to me. If I'm Notre Dame, i sitting there right now on a Monday, uh, Marcus Freeman and company, I'm, I am perplexed about who I try to take away, but I do know I've got to get pressure on Kyle McCord. I thought Kyle McCord in there and threw, threw a few balls under pressure extremely well too, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's It was a feel-good game for this offense
0: exactly when it needed it. Well, Andy, we saw an offense that we expected to see. Like an Indiana game, we did not expect to see that offense. We thought that Kyle McCord would be better even in his first start. We probably, a little naive of us, I would think, in hindsight, Uh, we saw against Youngstown State some kinks still, but then you put 35 up and you kind of go through the motions a little bit down the stretch there, because it's Youngstown State. We saw a team hit the gas pedal and i think that's what ryan day was talking about with a good week of practice with uh you know we needed this and things like that just everything that they said in there it just feels like this offense uh almost had like a get right game and it's exactly what i think they needed and now you go in having a mecca buka score two touchdowns having marvin harrison over 100 yards the last two games travion henderson running as well as he has you feel pretty good about your offense right now.
2: Yeah, and Tim, you asked, like, what does Notre Dame take away? I think what they try to take away is the run game. Yeah. Part of the reason why the offense is so explosive yesterday is because the run game was going well. It sets up the pass well. They ran for season-high 204 yards. Trayvon Henderson had two touchdowns. Chip Traynor had a touchdown. We even saw a little bit of Maya Williams. Like, they ran the ball really well yesterday, and it looked good for the offensive line in terms of taking that next step. Again, this was against a very, very poor Western Kentucky defensive line. It's kind of a hodgepodge of different transfers. They tried to stick together. It really isn't working so far for them. Plus, they're,
1: they're, they're, they were just trying to create havoc. I mean, that, right. that, you know, they, that without a doubt, they Indiana's the best defense Ohio State's gone against yes. thus far, uh, with, without a doubt. But then, number two, that's not the way, Western Kentucky wants the ball back. You know? Right. But that run
2: defense is, is very, very, exactly. And I think, that oh, yeah. Even the issues, the South Florida week, ran for 400 on them. You know? yeah. yeah. So, like, with all the issues that have been on the rushing offense side of things, I think that you have to be a little bit concerned. That's where I'm looking this week at Notre Dame: is can they still run the football effectively? Central because,
1: Michigan had pretty good success on Saturday yeah.
2: against well Notre Dame. Ohio State's got a
1: reputation in that, that. regard. Yeah.
0: yeah, and here's here's the other thing: Notre Dame, Central Michigan, go watch the tape. Like, does Notre Dame have a pass rush? I'm. We're like, going to find out. It. I've seen a lot of MAC football. Wait a minute, did I you don't ask if, that rhetorically
1: or yeah, you ask that physically? Yeah, rhetorically, because I'm,
0: cause I'm okay. about to.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I've seen a lot of MAC. I've seen a lot of MAC football. I've seen a lot of MAC offensive linemen. It's a beautiful game, the MAC is, but also, the offensive linemen for the MAC should not be blocking Notre Dame's front seven the way that Central Michigan blocked the Notre Dame's front seven. It shouldn't happen. Uh, I don't think Ohio State has the best offensive line in the Big Ten. However. I Ohio State has a Big Ten offensive line. And if you're going to give Kyle McCord time, I have many questions about this Notre Dame secondary. All of that is to say, the momentum that you're, was created. Are you going to give your pick right now? No, I'm saying the momentum that was created from Western Kentucky and yeah. the lack of momentum on the defensive side, particularly in the front seven that was created by Notre Dame going into this I game. Agree. Right now, even though I'm still shaky on the Ohio State offensive line, coming out of Saturday, I'm giving the edge up front on the def- on the offensive line not particular, and, and we'll talk about Notre Dame offensive line versus Ohio State defensive line because you talk about a war. Whew. Yeah. But the Ohio State offensive line right now, I give that the edge because if you talk about momentum carrying into this game, that's where I'm at right now. And yeah. if Kyle McCord has time, Ryan Day I think is starting to hint at his special trait being accuracy. You talked about it. Yeah. And I listened back to Ryan Day and I listened back to Kyle McCord. I think you're right. So hat tip to you, Andy. Um, I think his. I wish I had my hat. I think his. Uh, you know, a special trait that Randy looks for in a quarterback is accuracy. If Notre Dame can't get pressure on him, guys. I just
1: like the way you said that. special so. trait he looks for in a in a quarterback is accuracy. Yeah. Well, high level. Absolutely. High level. Well, high level accuracy. Obviously. And he's completing, yeah.
2: Like, yeah. what, he was 19-23 of on Saturday. Yeah. As I said on the – And
1: one of them was just, wow, So well, just yeah. uncorked the, in his the arm. airmail, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Early on. But, yeah, no, I mean, as I said after the game – he had more touchdowns and incompletions at halftime. He yeah. Has, he certainly has a, a, zip, stat. a zip of the ball that he, when he throws it, uh, it's a laser most of the time. I and mean, that rope he had, 75 yards to Marvin Harrison Jr. for that touchdown, I mean.
0: 54 air
2: yards. 54 air yards with 75 total. You can just tell the arm strength that he has. And I think as he gets settled in more and more, we'll see. I think those one off throws to Julian Fleming are just going to be a rare occurrence here and there. And I think that's what separated him from Devin Brown. But. I do think offensively, like, as, yeah, the offensive line is still a big question for me. I, I'm not as sure going in this week. You know, you have to be optimistic after this week.
0: I would say optimistic more than sure.
2: Right. For sure. Uh, I also think that, you know, generally when when you're looking at McCord, like, I think the progression's been, been pretty good for him. Like, being able to see things. I also saw him a lot changing plays at the line of scrimmage. Yes. Tim talked about that after week one, like how long of a leash does he have? He didn't have a long leash. Right, yeah. and I think we've started to see the last couple of weeks a little bit more freedom at the line of scrimmage, yeah. something I saw in the rewatch of him changing things up, whether it's you know switching to a stretch play at the line and getting a few yards out of a, a running play rather yeah. than taking you know a negative play in the passing game. Like, I think that there's that progression that's happening right now. Or even the drag route you guys mentioned, seeing Marvin Harrison on that, yeah. I don't well, think he, he was he seeing was seeing those he was supposed to see him. You know, right. I mean that you know what I mean, you're supposed to look for him on that. You know what I mean? Right, but
0: week
1: one sometimes right, like, right. he just wasn't. Right. Well I don't like I said, I mean, you know, there were several passes in week one that told me throw the ball to where we call this play, where we've set up this play for the guy to get open and forget about, you know, surveying the field, et cetera. They can say where they're not, but I mean no quarterback throws it on a couple of those passes. If they're surveying the field like he did in that opener against Indiana, you just bottom, you know, learn those reads in high school. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, clearly, but, but what's interesting is guys is I was just thinking as you were talking there, Andy and and even Spencer, uh, you know, people are so quick to judge anymore and I'm not going to, you know, browbeat people on X and everywhere else, but just like you should wait on voting on the, uh, AP poll and the coaches poll until the first week of October. You should also wait on judging your quarterback, your new starting quarterback on whatever team you're following until the first week in October, because there's a progression there that all of these guys go through. Yes. Historically that was Cal McCord's fourth start. uh, But realistically it was his third start, third straight start. He's come along, you know, and just look at Ohio state's quarterback situation compared to Alabama's right now. You talk about night and day. Alabama doesn't even know if it has a starting quarterback. And so Ohio State clearly does. Western Kentucky did some things to take, to take some things away from Ohio State, but Ohio State's superior personnel took care of that in one form or fashion. And then boom, how many just wide open guys did Kyle McCord miss on Saturday?
0: No. I, mean, I don't think he did. One, and it was the Julian well, the Fleming. Julian Fleming and that was just a, yeah. this is my second throw of the afternoon. I'm excited. Throws it way over his head. But yeah. but by the way, they convert on fourth when down. When
1: you've got a quarterback that can play pitch and catch with guys on the move, that's always the key. Guys on the move. You got something going. That's what CJ Stroud was good at. That's what Justin Fields ended up being good at. Dwayne Haskins was good at that. And this young man, Kyle McCord, can hit you on the move that changes the whole dynamic of your offense. You understand what I'm saying? Because a lot of a lot of offenses live and die sort of by the curls you know, uh, and the
0: stops. I'm going to finish the offensive talk with Andy, and I'm going to start the defensive talk with Andy, because I know you've got a lot to talk about with the defense, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, offensively, Andy, question for you. Did Ryan Day tip his hand a little on how aggressive he's going to be on fourth down this year?
2: Yeah, I think so, but also I think that's because the first three weeks they weren't as good as they wanted to be on third down. So you had to go for it on fourth yeah. down. I also think that, you know, they were better on third down on Saturday. They were 5 of 10. But as you mentioned, they converted two more fourth downs. And as bad as they were on third down the first two weeks, they were pretty darn good on fourth down. So I don't know. I think they will go for it on fourth down at times. I, I don't expect them to go for it as much as they have been. I That brings up something that I was thinking. Like, there have been things that have been able to fly by in these first three weeks you're able to get by with, but probably won't go against Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, one of those things that I'm thinking about, like, Huge narrative coming out of last, uh, this past weekend's game was was Kyle McCord once again bouncing back from a first half mistake, being very poised and in control. Well, you know, luckily against Western Kentucky for Ohio State, like that only resulted in three points. You know, it could have been a touchdown, it could have been a momentum turning play yeah. against a Notre Dame, against a Penn State. You know, those are plays like, you're going to make mistakes. He's going to throw some interceptions. He's going to have a few fumbles. But in these matchup games, they like to call it. You would want him to be not making any of those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. but so I think that's just something no. like to people are human, and that's why we're getting to the defensive side. Is this
1: is a defense? This first three weeks, they've taken on three different challenges, increasingly, and I think this defense, I, I deem it for real. I mean, that the changeover is for real, and I think that helps you when you've got a first-year starting quarterback who's going to make a mistake or two, he's going to make a mistake or three at Notre Dame on Saturday night. Count on it, you know three. what I mean? But, but now, no, I'm talking about a, I'm not necessarily talking about a turnover, but there things are going to happen. It's going to be a prime time atmosphere. It's a step up hugely in competition in, in terms of going against light competition. And uh, that's why I think Ohio State should feel much more confident. The coaching staff should feel much more confident as we speak right now about the way this defense has definitely come around.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, real quick, the only reason I asked you about the fourth down thing is <clears throat> we're seeing throws to G. Scott. We're seeing Ohio State go for it on fourth down. I think Ohio State's uh, prerogative here maybe is the right word, is that you might stop them on third and short, but if they get a second crack at that, I don't think you're stopping them. And that's the way this offense operates. Like. First and 10, you could get them in second and 10, but they're probably converting to first down anyway because they're that they're that talented on offense, even against the Notre Dame, even against the Penn State. Like, you'd stop them on second and three, but they're probably getting it on third and three, and if they don't get on third and three, good luck stopping them a third straight time. So, like, I think there's a, a level of that approaching into this offense of like, we're simply too good to be stopped on consecutive plays of similar yardage. So, that's just a, some food for thought that I'm monitoring. Monitoring the situation, folks. But defense.
1: Yeah, but I, I pointed it out in pregame radio shows. Like, yeah, they're – their their third down percentage the first couple of games was 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 this but look at their fourth down percentage yeah <laughs> you know yeah. that's I what mean, I'm saying which comes after a third down when you didn't make
0: it yeah you know uh, but defensively Andy I'm I'm already there with this secondary I really am uh, but the things that we saw against the air raid not just from the secondary like you said the defensive line. Uh, I think it translates to the notre dame game and the reason i say that is because if the secondary is taking care of its job tommy Eckenberg and steel chambers can be more active in stopping Audrey Estime, yeah who's just a powerful like a you big want to talk guy. about a blunt force object coming at you like that man is big and he is strong and bringing him down will be a chore for ohio state but i think if the secondary is going to play as well as it did on saturday uh, once it got the feelers out of the way, like I talked about on Saturday night in the rapid reaction. I, I think that Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers have a chance to, to do some good things against Andre
2: Guestme. Yeah, there's a lot of confidence overall in this defense and that's also why they go for it on fourth down because they're confident this defense is going to stop the teams they're playing right now. And I think the linebackers is a good thing to mention right now because Tommy Eichenberg is still playing at the All-American level you would want him to play and Steel Chambers to me has been probably one of the three most impressive defensive players for this team this year. I think his anticipation is better. I think he is more patient against the run. That play he had, I mean, Ryan Day mentioned it. It wasn't the interception. It wasn't the almost fumble recovery touchdown he had. It was the third and five stop he had against an option pitch in the second quarter that really helped that second quarter bloom offensively for Ohio State, where he was able to run parallel to the running back for Western Kentucky and snuff out the option play right there. And I think we saw it even like week one. Him patiently waiting behind defensive tackles to weave through traffic and make and make the tackle and the stop. Like he has shown a big jump for me in terms of his run defense, yeah. and I think that's going to be critical. As you mentioned, the rushing attack for Notre Dame is, is probably the biggest component. As much as Sam Hartman has elevated that passing offense, yeah, they're built around the run and that play action game. Well, we saw
0: yeah. it against we saw it against Georgia. We see it, you know, time and time again. Steel Chambers is good against the pass. I think he's one of the better pass defending linebackers. PFF grades. I'll have to check him out and actually, you know confirm those priors that I have but like he's been good against the pass it's against the run sometimes you get that arm tackle you get that missed tackle it's 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 a little bit of the you know just like the progression as a linebacker but like you said he's getting better against the run and that's pretty important to him
1: yeah I mean you know he needs to remember to let your feet take you take you there to make the tackle you know but uh, like you're talking about I, I he's got a, see he he brings a lot of instincts that an average linebacker doesn't because he was a running back and uh he kind of understands the way a running back thinks that yeah. doesn't mean you're always going to be in the right place at the right time but like you're talking about about tracing the uh tracing the uh, the option you know the option uh the running back meaning tracing his steps as you go mm-hmm. he's as fast as that guy you know because he's a former running back and uh and then he likes to hit people that's what stands out about both of these linebackers they like to run into people and uh yeah this big load they've got coming on Saturday night is going to be interesting to watch. It's kind of the second coming of the bus up there, you know, when Jerome Bettis played for these guys for Notre Dame way back when. But uh, they like to just uh, pound, pound this guy at you and, and see whether you can take it or not. And like you pointed out, though, this isn't a, a this isn't a Mid-American Conference defense they're going to be facing on Saturday. That's going to be Ohio State, which I think is rejuvenated defensively, and even Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke, cornerback, his favorite play on Saturday was putting his helmet on the ball and knocking that ball free, which then uh, into the end zone, which then Tyleek Williams uh, dove into the pile and came up with for a touchdown. That's the play was his li- highlight uh, from the game, even you know, even though he made all these other plays, is because it showed his physicality, as he said. All of these guys get it. Davidson, it likes to hit you. Mm-hmm. He likes to come up and hit you and uh and that's the that's the other starting cornerback, and then jordan hancock we've seen him play uh, whatever so that's what stands out about this defense is there's an edge to them that i didn't see this time last year without a doubt yeah and a lot of it is just knowing your system and putting yourself in position to make physical plays you follow my drift there and uh, that's That's the big difference in this team.
0: Fellas, I don't know about you, but the last three weeks have felt a little bit like the preseason. It's almost like Ohio State's getting a fresh start on the season against Notre Dame. It feels like the real football is finally here. And if you need a fresh start this fall, go to HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take the credit. Tim, I made the sweet and sour pork lo mein for uh my wife and i the other night and she was like oh my gosh this is delicious and she didn't even have to know it was through hellofresh you know i went to the store i got all the ingredients no i didn't i went to hellofresh and i got the meal and i made the meal and it was incredible uh a busy fall schedule doesn't always leave you with time to prepare and hellofresh doesn't need does don't you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen to whip up a wholesome meal hellofresh will get it done for you in 15 minutes i think it took 20 minutes maybe to make that whole meal
1: uh, what I, I like about HelloFresh is they do the shopping for you. Uh, you got to do the cooking, but they do the shopping for you, and they give you the instructions. If you can read a book, you can do HelloFresh.
0: Yeah, it's the meal planning is one thing that I've always struggled with. So HelloFresh has done that for me, and it's it's a game changer, Andy. You can do meals. I mean, like that.
2: Cooking's the best part. Who wants to go grocery shopping? These yeah, exactly. Days? Yep. I mean, yeah, it's this, honestly, it gives you a lot of time to actually enjoy that part of it.
1: And this is microwavable stuff. This is like fresh cooked stuff. That's what stands out about I, it.
0: I open this bag. There's yeah. like a, a pepper, a lime. I get some pork in there. Like, they, they the garlic powder. Like yeah. I was like, oh, I got garlic powder in here. I need to get out. No, they've got it right there for you. You don't even have to have garlic powder. You don't have garlic powder. They've got garlic powder. They'll have a lemon in there if you need a lemon. That Go to Hel- in one of my meals. Go to hellofresh.com right now. Get 50% off and 15% off your first two months with the with the code 50 Letterman. That's five zero L E T T E R M E N fifty Letterman at checkout. You get 50 percent off and fifteen percent off your first two months with HelloFresh. Uh, start fresh this fall with HelloFresh as Ohio State starts fresh with Notre Dame this week. Uh, now back to the Buckeyes. Back to the show. Yeah, Andy. That's what I. That's what I think Tim is correct on. Is like, the the corners are playing physical. They're playing well. They're playing uh, up to the standard, the BIA that they want to be called, but you still have this massive, massive question mark, and it's simply personnel. Like, I look out there on Saturday. They're playing the the unfiltered, unadulterated air raid. Like, this is the air raid. Western Kentucky ran the ball only because in the second half, they wanted to go back home. Yeah, they
1: punted in cool. the second half.
0: Yeah, like, th- that was the air raid. So, it made perfect sense. Maybe Sunny Styles isn't taking as many snaps because you got Jordan Hancock out there. Sonny Styles can probably do it, but you got Jordan Hancock out there. Now you go into a game where Sam Hartman can beat you with his arm. He's a very good quarterback. He's turnover prone from his time at Wake Forest. He hasn't done it yet this year, but he hasn't played defenses that are very good this year, but he's a very good quarterback. Yes. But if you have Jordan Hancock out there to defend Sam Hartman in the passing game, you're leaving something to be desired in the running game. I think even though Jordan Hancock is capable, you don't have Sonny Styles out there. Personnel is the biggest question of the week for me on defense. I'm not questioning the Ohio State offense. They're gonna be able to do some things. Personnel on defense, how will you defend Notre Dame? That's, that's the biggest thing for me. What do you think?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, so far, we've seen a lot of Sonny Styles going off the field for third down. There's a lot of Jordan Hancock in those positions, especially with the three cornerback set against the spread and the air as, as you guys have been saying, Like we saw a lot of Jordan Hancock this weekend. We might see a little bit different just because of the running offense that Notre Dame has with Sonny Styles being a pseudo-linebacker or quasi-linebacker, whatever we want to call it. Uh, I also, another position I'm watching for is free safety. I mean, if you look back, something I noticed in the rewatch is Lathan Ransom was playing a lot more of the adjuster spot, the free safety spot. Josh Proctor was playing a lot more in that bandit role. And I think, you know, maybe that's because Lathan Ransom was questionable coming in and had a bit of an injury, and maybe they wanted to take him a little bit away from the action in terms of the run defense. He still made some of the best plays defensively. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Back that blow had, up. Yeah, the blow up he had in the backfield, but also the fumble he forced yeah. in the first half that just wasn't recovered by three different defenders uh, was a <laughs> great play. So, you know, but that was interesting to see him playing most of the free safety snaps because he didn't come into the season as a starting free safety. He came in as a, as a starting strong safety, and Josh Proctor was really playing in that role. So, yeah. curious to see if that is something that they run with because I think that works well. I actually have always thought Latham Ransom would be great in that spot back there. And I think Josh Proctor, that fits his skill set more to be closer to the line of scrimmage and, a, and more of like a run defending role as a strong safety. So I'm curious if that was just an injury precaution or if that was something they're toying with to potentially like move forward. With. Yeah,
1: I think, well, it showed clearly that uh, they, when they talked about in preseason, uh, all these guys have, the, have the, the flexibility to play any of the three roles that they have for safeties. I think that, Showed out on Saturday, and then number two, you know, Josh Proctor is not afraid to hit anybody. Yeah, no. not even Muhammad Ali in his prime. I mean, he mm-hmm. would, he would get in there in the ring with him. You got to feel that, and you could feel a difference, a little bit of a difference from an energy standpoint with Josh Proctor on the field again, just like he was against Indiana, uh, and then he was missing uh, the week before against Youngstown State. Uh, you could tell the difference a little bit because he's really bringing it, man, and uh, that's what. That's what they're going to need on on Saturday night because this is – Notre Dame is still an offense that likes to line up and play you physical, run the – try to establish you run almost old time and throw the ball over the top or, you know, get you get you up to the line of scrimmage. old classic, classic way uh, of getting up to like Joe Gibbs football back with the Washington Redskins way back when. Uh, get you up to the line of scrimmage and throw over the top and stuff. And uh, so – the physical aspect of this defense, I'm telling you, that's what it stood out to me the first three weeks, but it definitely, against an air raid offense, it stood out to me. <laughs> yeah. How physical this team was playing on Saturday.
0: Uh, real quick before we get out of here, Andy, I'll start with you. It's Monday, okay? It is Monday at 9.50 on the nose. So we have a lot of Ohio State Notre Dame to bring to you the people who, who want the coverage so badly. So just five days away, your first uh just first thing that comes to your mind, the biggest matchup you're watching for. Cause it could change throughout the week as you watch more. You could think, oh, maybe it's a disposition instead of this, and this instead of this. What right now, what's your feel?
2: It's gotta be the Notre Dame offensive line against the Ohio State defensive line. You mentioned it, it's gonna be a war. I mean, that offensive line for Notre Dame, they could win the Joe Moore award. I mean, right now they look like maybe the best group in the country. Yep. They can mow people down just Bully people up front, and I think that that's defensive line that has shown progress and shown moments of like, okay, this is the talent we can see. Interior wise, they've been good, but off the edge, we need to still see some more from Ohio State. That's going to be the position matchup I'm watching.
1: I agree with that because, uh, but I'll get to my other position. But but that's as close as you we 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 have seen so far to what Ohio State ran into against Michigan last year, mm-hmm. and even Georgia. Um, You know you get get so fired up about stopping this and then you give up that you know what i mean Uh, you nobody likes to get hit in the in the in the gut all day you know and all of a sudden here comes the uppercut uh so uh, notre dame is built to play you that away to be a classic boxing style because now they have a guy who can throw the uppercut in sam hartman yeah the guy that you know they had last year was tyler buckner who wow anybody watched any of that Alabama-South Florida game or the highlights, the few highlights there were, and he wasn't in very many of them. Uh, You know, they've had, this is like almost night and day, quarterback-wise, the the team that Ohio State is facing in Notre Dame compared to this time a year ago. Getting to Hartman, causing pressure, and maybe just getting to him and causing sacks because he's going to be there. He's not a big-time runner, although he can run a little bit. He wants to deliver the ball. Kind of reminds me of Joe Germain, a lot, a former Ohio State quarterback uh, here in the late '90s, who, by the way, was one of the two quarterbacks that helped beat uh, Notre Dame up there in 1996, the last time Ohio State played up there. Uh, he wants to deliver strikes to his receivers, so getting to him is going to be paramount.
0: Did you did you mention your 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 matchup though? Yeah, the you, Ohio
1: State the Ohio State uh, defensive front getting to sam hartman isn't that a matchup well
0: i guess it's a little bit of the same as andy's but you said that you had another one so i was giving was you an it. opportunity that okay was it. it was All just right.
1: extra it was like taking that and moving on with yeah
0: okay i was just making sure that we got you know because the, they got to stop the run too i was making sure we got the full tim i experience. mean you gotta have
1: your when you got a big when you've got a big running back like that your defensive line has got to be involved in stopping the run
0: my, without a doubt my course, big that's
1: stupid to even say but you know what i mean
0: my big matchup is the ryan day Against the Notre Dame defense. It's not Kyle McCord against the Notre Dame defense of Ryan Day. Last year, Ohio State spent an entire offseason, an entire offseason game planning for Notre Dame around a game plan that 1000% involved getting Jackson Smith and Jim with the ball at every turn. He was taken out of the game in the first quarter, and Ohio State looked like non existent on offense because it had no clue how to operate without that game plan that they implemented for seven months with Jackson Smith and Juba. For,
1: for a few minutes, they didn't. But the guy who took his place, Xavier Johnson
0: had well, the game turning play. I, I understand that, Tim, but what I'm trying know, to say I is know. like all of the end arounds that Jackson was gonna have, all yeah. of the the leak plays that Jackson was gonna have, things out of the backfield yeah. that Jackson was gonna have, you can do that with Xavier Johnson. I'm look, big Xavier Johnson fan here. I'm not he's not Jackson Smith and Jigba. And so you had to throw that did game. You, say that? you had to throw that game plan to the back of the of the coaches' booth out there and yeah. say, Okay, what do we do now? Let's 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 cook up some new things. Um so I b- don't
1: take it out of the binder.
0: So I don't even think Notre Dame mm-hmm. knows exactly how Ryan Day is going to attack this defense. That hasn't changed a lot since last year, because it's the same defensive scheme, but it's an entirely different offense than it was last year. Because it doesn't revolve around a slot receiver anymore. It revolves around outside presences in Julian Fleming and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. It involves the tight end more than it did like a year ago uh, in the first game of the year. So my big matchup that I'm watching on Monday, and I, again, that can change as I watch more Notre Dame. My big matchup to watch right now is Ryan Day in the chess match against this Notre Dame defense, against Marcus Freeman, uh, and, and that entire coaching staff. Like, I, that can is- Can I take that
1: up a notch? It's so
0: fascinating to me.
1: My take it up a notch thing is, remember I asked Ryan Day, even over in Indianapolis during the preseason media soiree, but, but he, he wants this attack like he had mentality against Georgia he wants to take that into every game I think we've seen uh, pieces that we definitely saw it against Western Kentucky throw the ball down the field you know run the ball but throw the ball down the field not left and right and all that kind of stuff which they were kind of stuck in at the beginning of the year last year and it's such a different looking offense when you're throwing the ball down the field and I think he has definitely got that in his brain that's why you have to uh, that's the way you have to attack a big time opponent like Notre Dame is they're going to try to throw and that's my favorite word now haymakers at you you got to throw haymakers back and I think Ryan Day is more apt to do that now than he was at Indiana for example He's yet a first time starting quarterback I think he feels pretty good the way this offense has progressed to now but you can't, in this game you can't go in with one arm tied behind your back, you've got to be willing to throw everything you got at them. And that means what this team does best. They've got a, they've got a guy who's the fastest guy in college football with the ball in his hands, 22 miles an hour in Marvin Harrison, Jr. You've got Mecca Ibuka that would start on any team in the country. You've got Cade Stover, you know, a rumbling, whatever you want to call it, tight end after he catches the ball and guys, one of the biggest developments on Saturday was Carnell Tate (laughs) running right around the guy. I mean, there's a freshman coming on you've got to take advantage of all that and I even even, haven't even talked about the running attack yet that's what I expect from Ryan Day on Saturday night to let it all hang out
2: yeah and I think the defensively just got to keep taking the next step I think I mentioned earlier Steel Chambers one of my top three most improved players on defense Tyler Williams is up there for me as well along with Denzel Burke yes I Williams has 16 tackles through three games he had 21 all of last season yeah I mean that is a crazy stat he's been Honestly, one of the most impressive players on the field for Ohio State. This defense is taking steps every week. They've only allowed, what, I guess 20 total points so far. I mean, that's a huge step for this unit and Jim Knowles. And now, I guess every week is another test. Every week it feels like this is the test, this is the test. Well, this is even a bigger test now, better game.
0: Uh, Two things, two things to leave you on uh, as we wrap up the Monday after Ohio State 63 Western Kentucky 10. Justin Fields did not have a primetime, like, circle the calendar, dot, uh, on his schedule in 2019 as a first-time starter. He had a Rutgers matchup. I think it was a night game. It was Rutgers, and it was bad Rutgers. Like, not 3-0 beat Virginia Tech Rutgers. Mike
1: Ricciano resuscitated Rutgers.
0: It was horrific Rutgers. Uh, C.J. Stroud got a little bit of that at Minnesota. That was a good atmosphere up there in Minneapolis that night in 2021, and he handled it well, but not as well as maybe he should have uh, in hindsight considering his talent level. So this is this Kyle McCord's test. I don't, you know, Ohio State fans, you know, right or not, I don't care what you did against Youngstown State and Western Kentucky in the lead up. If you go out and, and don't play well against against Notre Dame. Let it's... me
1: interject something here too before you finish. He's also, what people kind of tend to forget, the, the reason I give him the benefit of the doubt to a certain extent that he will continue to rise quickly, he's in his third year. He's not a freshman. He's not a second year player. You know what I mean? He's in his third year. He, he, know, he should know this offense yeah. inside and out. And I think we saw much more of that Last week against Western Kentucky, you understand what I'm saying that they, that Brian Day feels confident with him calling plays, etc., because he knows that he knows the offense.
0: Here's the second thing and the other thing. I wrote it on Saturday or on Sunday. I think it's one of the most interesting things. Notre Dame and Ohio State are within driving distance. This is not a a far away like wow, I can't believe they're getting back on the field. They don't play very often. Notre Dame has not beaten Ohio State. In south bend since fdr's first term in office gas was 19 cents a gallon i filled up last night it is certainly not 19 cents a gallon but here's the thing
1: wait wait wait. what'd you just say notre dame is not
0: the last time notre dame beat ohio state in south bend was 1936.
1: No. So no, the last time Ohio State beat Notre Dame in South Bend was 1996.
0: I said the last time Notre Dame oh, beat I Ohio State See, in South Bend. the last time a home crowd watched Notre Dame beat Ohio State, nobody who's going to be there on Saturday right. was there because they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, so well, all of that is to say, we... this is a this is a monumental game. I you get these two helmets on the field. It's going to be awesome. I don't, it could end up 59 to nothing. And I still think it's going to be awesome because when these two helmets are on the field against each other, I've watched Ohio State Notre Dame games in the past. I was at the Ohio State Notre Dame game last year. It was a a ride. It was one of the best atmospheres I've ever ever been a part of. And that was in this building. I agree. Now we head to South Bend. We head to touchdown Jesus, the golden dome. If you can't tell, I'm very excited. Andy's excited. Tim's excited. Let's get into this week. Ohio State Notre Dame week is here. Letterman Row will have you covered 365 days a year. LettermanRow.com. We'll see you guys in South Bend on Saturday, but until then, we'll see you on Tuesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for Ryan Day's press conference.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family